Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Another edition of Supercoach Edge. Well, we're at the pointy end of the season with the regular Supercoach League season done and dusted as we now delve into finals because it is the finals countdown. (laughs) And uh, we hope you manage to dominate or, you know, at least finish in the top four, top eight or scrape into finals. And I reckon I did all of those across my main Mm -hmm. cash leagues bar one which was a hard luck story missing finals despite scoring the fourth most points overall. But... That's leagues for you, isn't yeah, it? True. But Liam, speaking of hard luck stories, and I'm sorry to keep referring to you uh, when it comes to <laughs> hard luck stories and using you as an example, but we have one in our very own Supercoach Edge Cash League, which was, of course, insanely tight until the last game of the round with nine out of 10 teams, a realistic chance of making the top five out of the uh, the 10-man league. So I'm sorry in advance, Liam. What, what happened? Yeah, it was just, it was super tight. In that, in, that, uh, in that league, to be fair. Uh, there was two hard luck stories. I was one of them. Yeah. I dropped out of the five, uh, virtually replaced by your good self. Um, yeah, I needed self. to win. I needed to win and I didn't. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's, that's, the way it, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, <sighs> I didn't think it was going to come to this. I was, I actually thought I, was I looking- thought you were going to lose. I thought I, I was going to lose. I, I, you came from the bloody clouds at one stage. I don't know I must, where I you must came thank from. Uh, the guy who's in my good uh, when we go through the good, the bad, and the ugly, which pretty mm. much saved my uh, my week, I reckon. And I ended up winning by about thirty odd points in the matchup. Um, who I'll get into shortly. Who I um, who I played as well because it is of significance before mm. I delve into what I'm about to. Because even though I did replace him in the finals, Liam. Um, that sort of pales into significance, I reckon, um, with the fact that you had some great news away from the Supercoach landscape with you popping the question to your long-term mm. 
girlfriend. So, round of applause, Liam. Congratulations. Uh, so, I must say, totally makes sense now why you burnt through your two remaining trades to clear the decks <laughs> in terms of just the, the mind anyway. Pressure off the shoulders. Uh, because you had bigger fish to fry. So congratulations. I also had a lot of injuries, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's who. That's who. <laughs> Less pressure, the better, though. Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, it was it was a good weekend. And as you said, had some bigger fish to fry, as I did upgrade the girlfriend to a fiancé. <laughs> Just bring a specific agent to it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, yeah. Well, you're using one of your last two trades on her. Was that? Was yeah, that? Yeah, I, I had to hold it. I had to hold it and then yep. use the trade. Yeah. Did you have to use a boost? Was there a, a boost? Uh, no, involved? no. Luckily, I didn't have to use a boost. Uh, I had had the trade, which was good. Um, yeah, it was a luxury upgrade though. Lucky yeah, up. yeah. So she went from what a rookie or a mid pricer <laughs> to, to a primo. <laughs> so yes, so when you upgraded it. <laughs> Hopefully she like even if she does. I was gonna say hopefully she doesn't listen, but even if she does listen to this episode, she's gonna have no idea what no, lingo is referring exactly. to. So that's, that sounds good. Upgrade from a girlfriend to a yeah. fiance. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. All she's gonna hear is upgrade and be happy with it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rookie's a good thing if you're listening, Jacqueline. Rookie's a good thing. I, I never said uh, that. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, huge congratulations once again, and um, soon enough. We'll not only be bonded by our, you know, our mutual love of Supercoach, but also as future brother-in-laws, as fun fact yes. for those playing at home, uh, your now fiancé is the sister of my fiancé. So there we go. Two, uh, two fiancés in the, in the one go. I've got my, uh, my wedding coming up uh, Ooh, in under – I'm not going to count the days because if I get it wrong, I'm going to get a whack across the back of my head. But I'm going to mm. say within, <laughs> within the next three and a bit weeks it's coming up <laughs> on, the, on the 20th of August. So I don't, I don't want to do the maths. I'll get it wrong, no doubt. Um, but I'm imagining, you know, both of us, like, you know, I'm sorry to, I just, as my mind works, you know how it is, mm. but I'm imagining that, that epic scene from Predator, one of my favorite movies back in the day, I, I love all Arnold movies, but the famous scene early on where Arnie and Carl Weathers' character go in for the huge bro clap slash handshake <laughs> that almost like causes the world to explode. Dylan! You son of a bitch. <laughs> but, you know, and even fun fact Ugh. also, and this is what I was sort of holding back from mentioning, mm. is the fact that I booked my spot in the finals of our Supercoach Edge Cash League off the back of a cutthroat victory over our future combined father-in-law. Mm. So the weekend's matches definitely had an extra layer of significance to them, both uh, for yourself and for me. So it's funny that it's it's kind of had all these uh, machinations uh, yeah. at work risky behind play. the scenes. And risky play by very, you. Very, <laughs> risky, very risky. Very <laughs> risky. But he's easy. He loves his super coach as much as us as well. So yeah. I don't know if you that's were... a good thing or bad thing that I've ruined his. But he's, he was out of. Con... I think he, if he was in contention, he was out of contention. He was out of yeah. contention. But he so... was there to cause some absolute chaos. Oh, he brought yeah. he like double upgraded and. I thought like, I thought I was up against it. I thought it. you were done. Yeah. I, although I must mention that I had a bit of luck going my way. I think he brought in Houston, who yeah. ended up getting subbed on around about forty-one points or something. Um, and he had a couple of players that uh, underperformed. I think Goldstein copped a whack or some sort, scored 70-odd, and he was projected for like 120 or something. So yeah, okay. I'm counting my blessings. So I was, yeah. I was very, very lucky. And I think the um, the Supercoach gods, I reckon, I'd say that they were, they were nice to me in a sense, but they were probably setting me up for a bit of uh, – Slap behind the scenes of uh, the future father-in-law by beating him. They probably thought, "Oh, here we go. Let's set him up." But jokes on you, Supercoach gods. He hasn't. He hasn't killed me yet. Um, but, <laughs> but it was a very decent, um, 
decent week overall for myself anyway. Um, happy with that. Yeah, it was, it was a decent win. Decent win. Glad yep. glad that one of us made it because it would have been pretty bad if I – because I lost. So there was no – yeah. I could have stayed in by losing, but I would have had to rely on everyone else. Um, but if you didn't win, then neither of us would have made the, the top the top five because it was that tight. Yeah. Like we're just there's so many people being able to make it. So luckily, luckily we, 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 one of us pulled through. Um, But uh, got an exciting episode, actually. We're going to continue to tap into the mindset of some of the top contenders for the number one overall spot as we are joined by the very man who holds that spot in the Iron Throne, uh, Abdul with his team, Abs Magic. But first, let's kick it off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, we run through a quick recap of how our both our respective teams have uh, have performed for both the good and the bad reasons. And I kick it off because I did come up trumps again by about what forty five yep. points, something like that, forty something points. Scored twenty two ninety six for the round, so not great, not terrible, I guess, but just not great. Yep. Admittedly, I I didn't really check Supercoach all that often this weekend yeah you're um, kind of preoccupied with something yeah, else that we mentioned on at the start of the episode Saturday. uh yep. so slid down by about the 57 spots to sit 16,425th overall uh i've used all my trades so there was none being used this week if i had some um what i've done hewitt would have probably made way for just might probably had to make way um yep. Or potentially would have given uh, given short or Baker the axe uh, if I had some trades left, but don't have any, so that was a, a moot point, I guess. Uh, onto the good, I've got Laird. He was the picture picture of consistency, uh, Mister Consistent. I like to call him. Uh, he was the perfect yes. VC, and I locked in his one hundred and forty. I want to say very quickly, but I really didn't. Um, yeah, I was. I, just, I, I, I wanted to lock it in. I, I locked it in as soon as I saw it. Uh, which was just before the Melbourne game, and I had the V, I had the C on Oliver, so that was that was very lucky uh, that I got to lock that one in. Um, could have been a real sh- like bad score. Um, yep. Without that, uh, on the bad, uh, I went with Wits. He's not had a great run since coming into my side with another stinker. Um, I needed more from my big man. Just I need more from everyone across the team, but uh, a score of just 86, not good enough. No. And on to the ugly, I've got Baker, a score of, again, 62, just simply not good enough. <sighs> He's gone to absolute mm. water since coming into my side and and yours before this. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to anticipate what you did, but I'm sure he I killed him. got the punt. Uh, <laughs> the five weeks, I just, the five weeks prior to coming into my side, he scored 134, 80, 112, 100, 126. So drop below 100 once. Mm. And since coming into my side, he scores a 90, 70, 61, and 62. He hasn't scored over 100. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's such a waste yep. of trade. But at the same mm. time, like, he, he looked, it, this is where it's hard. It's hard to read yeah. because his, his role completely changed. Um, yep. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. But anyway, I'm stuck with him. I'll probably use him maybe as a bit of an F6, F7 loop, um, potentially, if I can. Yeah, with Hobbs? you still got Hobbs? Still got Hobbs. I've still got yeah, Hobbs. Can loop him with and him. I've also got Cully. Um, oh, nice. Yep. So I can definitely, I could even just put him on the bench, just bench him for maybe Cully. 
It just depends on injuries across the ground as well. But mm, we'll yep. we'll assess that soon. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the baker, he's just baking absolute shit. He's, he's gone under. If he, <laughs> if he was a baker and he had his own bakery, mate, you're out of business. <laughs> absolutely, well and truly. But, yeah, we, um, we'll ask as well um, – our uh, our new friend Abdul with his team Abs Magic when we have a chat to him as well just about pods and all thing pods yeah. because yeah it is it is hard to you kind of anticipate a pod off the back of a new role which um, we'll ask him about and I'm sure he'll touch on so um, yeah it's just it's unfortunate I reckon more than anything uh, because he was looking good Baker but yeah. turn to shit um, the the bread didn't rise for Baker no as it were. <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, so moving on to my score, 2,338. Overall ranking, I am 4,177th overall and slid exactly 100 spots this week, which is uh, rather annoying mm. considering uh, it's now two weeks on the trot where I've slid back. Uh, managed to cover Hewitt with Himmelberg in defense using DPP and Hobbs came on field to play up forward. So hopefully uh, good old Georgie boy can come back on field um, and play once again from that crook back. In terms of the trades, as you just mentioned, that man, Liam Baker, I pulled the trigger on him. And if you caught the round 19 team announcement analysis video uh, that I uploaded on YouTube, which uh, trying to do uh, for, yeah, I guess the remaining Thursdays uh, for team announcements from here on out, if uh, if time permits. So feel free to look out for that and tune in live because we do get a few people um, jumping on and asking questions and whatnot and um, just bouncing my ideas off each other, which is always good, good fun. But in that video, uh, I did a deep dive on the fact that Baker, that man Baker, played 85% of his time up forward in round 18 and his CBAs had dropped off pretty much entirely. So his poor scoring was set to continue as I predicted. And it, it did really, unfortunately, with a score of 62 and a loss of 36.8K. I was considering potentially holding on to him because I was weary about the guy that I brought in at his, his expense in Marshall having a bit of a downer because he was ill during the week. But mm. I thought, you know what? I can't bank on Marshall not having a blinder and dropping price to the same extent that Baker did. So yeah, it would have been uh, very, very tight had I not um, done that trade. So in return, as I just mentioned, brought in Marshall, whose scoring prospects uh, we detailed last week um, because they are elevated without Ryder in the team. But I must say that he fell short of my lofty expectations at this stage of the season with a score of 88, having expected a ton against the Eagles' ruck division without Nick Nat. But I must say it was happy enough with uh, with that trade first up, um, projecting forward without Ryder being in the side. So going on to the good, tip of the cap to someone I don't think I've mentioned in the good category yet. And if I have already, well, then you deserve another another uh, tip of the cap. And that's with Himmelberg, who busted out a 130 on the weekend and continued his insane run of form since bringing him back in round 14. So he scored tons in four of his five games with his lowest score being 98. And, you know, we spoke of Baker just before in terms of a change in role and prospects and scoring ceiling. And we were hoping that Baker was going to be very similar to Himmelberg, who we brought in with that change of role and just wasn't to be. So, yeah, I, I guess we were on the right track there. But uh, Dimmer had other plans for us and uh, changed his role. Back to being that, uh, that Swiss Army knife played up forward. So unfortunate there. Um, but Himmelberg, I mentioned as uh, earlier in the episode or earlier uh, where I was talking about the luck that I had in getting that win over uh, over our future father-in-law in Peter. Um, he was he was the man that uh, was the catalyst, so uh, was very, very nice there. In terms of the bad, 
Dunkley's three-round form is rather concerning, and he's the reason why he's in the bad, scoring just 67 on the weekend after scores of 80 and 62. But he can probably be excused having scored 100-plus in 12 or 15 games prior to that. So in a little bit of a, a rough patch at the moment, I'll back him in. Good quality player. So um, apart from the fact that I've only got two trades remaining, uh, it is what it is. I'll back him in. Moving to the ugly, goes without saying, I am short-tempered with this guy <laughs> in Jaden Short. After stumbling to his first 100 on the dot last week against North, he went back to his ordinary scoring with just 76, which brings his drought of scoring below 100 to now five of his past six games. And these standards just won't cut it in Supercoach Finals. So his stay of execution of uh, previous weeks in my side has all but been cut short. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's have a, have a quick look uh, at our head-to-head uh, and move on from my terrible puns. Yes. Uh, Damon, you're on 13 wins, six losses, uh, with a point differential in your favour of 845 whereas I sit on six wins, 13 losses, and obviously a negative 845-point differential. Yeah, I must say just quickly that um, I had no idea how you're going to cover Hewitt, and I completely forgot that you had Dawson in your midfield. Is that right? And you mm, swung him yeah, into defense. Yeah. Hewitt went into the midfield on the bench. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be an easy win, but uh, as it turned out, it was only 42 points in the end, the margin between us. So, uh, you've done it very, very well there to, to cover yourself. Um, mm, yeah, and future-proofed you. your team, I guess, in makes sense. So well done. Tip of the cap for you. You're in the good category for me as well. Oh, thank that. you. Love that <laughs> foresight. Great. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think I, I don't even think, well, I mean, one, there's not enough wins left, not enough <laughs> rounds left for me to win to make it up. Yep. Uh, but also I reckon it's going to be pretty tough because you've done the maths here. Yep. I need to... Score on top of on top of whatever you score two hundred and eleven point two five more points each round for the remaining four weeks of the season to uh to get back on top in terms of point differential. I, I I'm gonna say I'm probably not gonna be able to do it, uh, but let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh that that's that that amount of points needed to to score every week yeah. uh more than me is inflating, but it can happen. happen. It could happen. It could happen. Yep, miracles do happen, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how you go. Oh, anyway, there were some uh, talking points come out of the weekend, so let's take a, a bit of a closer look at them in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. Yes, in the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. Yes, and the biggest talking point came in the form of an unexpected out at the selection table with uh, Georgie Boy Hewitt being rested due to a back ailment, which uh, left the Supercoach community scrambling to find cover and leverage some DPP swings in order to do so, especially for those like myself who didn't have any trades left. Mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think it mm. uh, came down to whether or not you had like a, a wear on your bench or like I had Dan Brosier and I was like, oh, my yeah. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Couldn't see him coming back in um, and then thankfully worked out, oh, Himmelberg, thank the Lord. So that, uh, that was that was good. But apart from that, there are also some huge scores across the round with the likes of Bont backing up his 181 with a 161, uh, Miller with a 157, Steele 143 and a Laird with 140 and 
Maxi Gorn turning around a poor showing the previous week with a nice handy 147 for his owners. So that, but best of all, we were all aching for some sweet clary bacon, weren't we? My God, you're greasy. Yes, uh, the big pink sweaty pig himself made a return from an injured trotter, <laughs> but only had a moderate <laughs> return with a score of 96, with a few clangers and poor disposal efficiency holding back his score after he burst straight out of the blocks. Yeah, I, I just as you mentioned that, I'm imagining Piggy Oliver like in a pig race with like, you know, the old uh, game back in yesteryear where someone painted Plugger's number on the pig and <laughs> let it run loose. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining Clary to be like. There is a pig at full forward. Talking of returns, we see another Supercoach pig make their long-awaited return from suspension uh, coming this week. So let's discuss him and other potential trade candidates in our next segment in The Price is Right. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle. For sure, it makes me want to dribble, dribble. You know, riding in my fear, you really have to see it. Six feet two In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold and weight options uh, for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week. Now, onto the sale. Uh, there are a number of trades one could consider, but at this point of the season, given most probably most teams have probably already completed their teams, uh, with no massive long-term injuries to thankfully fix at this stage, uh, attention only really turns to those luxury trades. However, the ability to make those luxury trades really comes down to how many trades you have left along with the mm. cash you have in the bank. Uh, it's also that awkward stage. If you're in a cutthroat final, mm. uh, like in the do or die, the elimination, you need to, you need to make the trade. Probably goes uh, out the window, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the number of tra- – yeah, it's, it's all changes the way that you have to think of the strategy. If you're in a – Top four spot? Yeah, top four spot and you have the double chance, yeah, maybe it's worth holding your trades. Uh, but all, equally, it could be worth using a trade to get, you know, to the prelim uh, mm. straight away. So like it's, it's very team dependent. You really have to consider what you're doing. I think if you're going to use your last trade, I'd probably only be doing it for a elimination final. I wouldn't be doing it for a for a prelim to uh, for a, no. for a uh, qualifier to get into a prelim. Yep. But if you had a couple, maybe it's worth using it to 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 guarantee yourself a spot in the prelim. But, Damon, do you want to run through some of the main sales uh, suspects that we have identified this week? Yes. Well, um, this guy probably would have been as one of the suspects, but I'm just going to mention him uh, because he does have a a stay of execution, uh, much like uh, Short has had over the previous few weeks for us anyway. Um, And it is Paddy Cripps who put in a solid showing with a score of 118, indicating He's probably worth persisting with, um, especially considering he faces the Crows this week, who he has his second best average against and scored a 151 in their matchup earlier this year. And also, apart from that, or on top of it, is the fact that Pitnate should make his return to Carlton's lineup and should help him, I think, with the quality. I mean, Tom DeConning's not too bad for what he is, um, but he is undersized in terms of his weight class. Um, was probably pushed around a bit too much on the weekend by uh, big Prusy, Juicy Prusy. Um, so Pitney might actually help uh, Cripps' output for the rest of the season. So uh, persist with him if you can, because there are a couple of uh, more concerning options when it comes to the main cell suspects. And who's the first one, Liam? Just quickly on Cripps, sorry, before I jump oh, in. Oh, yes. Uh, one thing to note as well is he did, 
score quite well last time Hewitt was out of the out of the team. So his two scores mm. when Hewitt missed were 138 and 151, which yep. were his sort of last two big scores. Then he went 83, 78, 114, 126 were his last two above 100. And then it was all those sort of, you know, mid-90s and 80s and 70s uh, before returning that 118 on the weekend. So if Hewitt misses again, it's probably definitely worth holding him. Um, but yeah, just, just something to consider, just something to consider, um, on top of that as well. Uh, and yeah, so jumping into, uh, some of those other cell suspects, uh, we spoke of him in the good, the bad and the ugly, and it probably comes as no surprise, but Jaden Short has to be considered a luxury sideways trade. His poor scoring continues as he, as does his unfavorable role in Richmond's engine room which with over 50% CBAs creeping back into his game after he was allowed more freedom with only 15% the week prior when he finally, finally scored over 100. It's funny. It's not mm. often that we want to play and not to get CBAs. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it sounds counterintuitive, but it just doesn't suit his yeah. game style and his no. scoring. Uh, the numbers are stuck against him, unfortunately, and he is the prime upgrade t- candidate as a result. Mm, yeah, he's, he's had too many – like he's had his tickets in the bank, I think, earlier on in the season. But since he's – yeah, it's, it's a very much role-dependent more so than than form. Like I think he's, yeah. his form in the Richmond lineup, super coach aside, he's, he's not too bad. Um, he's doing enough. But when it comes to super coach, he's just – he's not clean enough with the ball like he is when he's rebounding off halfback, getting those easy uh, transition balls. Yeah. It's – yeah, he's just – he's a shadow of his um, super coach seagull self. So – yeah, for me, uh, most definitely, and I think for those of you out there with with trades in hand, uh, look at him very, very closely for a trade out. But apart from him, there is another guy alongside him, actually, in my team uh, who falls into a very similar category as one of the, the prime sell suspects, and it is Jack Crisp, because he's just not doing himself any favors in, in recent times, because he's now failed to score over 100 in five consecutive weeks. And his role itself hasn't really altered too much uh, compared anyway to, to Jaden Short uh, because he is getting a similar amount of CBAs to what he's had in recent times mm. and even dating back to the to even the start of the season or that period where he was absolutely smashing it from week to week. But the one big drop-off has been his ability to get the ball in his hands, um, failing to eclipse 20-plus disposals in four of those past five weeks that I mentioned where he's actually failed to score over 100. Um, so... Off the back of that, he's he's probably one to consider for a trade, um, but his 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 drop off is probably more form related than anything. But having said that, I must mention his game against the Dons on the weekend. He actually scored. He actually performed quite well. Yeah, and I thought he was really hard done by, um, especially in the last quarter when the game was on the line, and he was he was providing really nice run and carry link play, and I was really surprised to see he'd only scored eighty odd or whatever. So, mm. yeah. Uh, there's probably more so champion data. Pull your head in and uh, and give him the scores that he deserves. Um, but yeah, he's probably in that same class as a Jaden Short, but yep. um, not as bad for me anyway. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Uh, moving on to the buyers, uh, given attention turns to luxury trades, as we just mentioned, we'll just list the top options we've identified across each position. And David, I'm actually going to throw this to you because uh, yeah, I okay. have a feeling that this guy's going to make his way into potentially into your side. Yeah. He's going to be, uh, going to be one of the most traded in players. I reckon. Let me have a quick mm. squeeze. Let me just flick across and refresh because I think Jai Cully 
is the most traded in at the moment with 15.4%. But hot on his tail is this man, Tom Stewart, who's currently being traded into 14.1% of teams. Oof. And for good reason, because mm. obviously he does make his return this week. And the super coach defensive pig is back after serving a four-game suspension and has to be a prime candidate uh, for the trade-in option, given his scoring ceiling is absolutely off the charts. And this was best displayed in recent weeks leading up to that suspension with scores of 122, 174, and a 161, and is very much underpriced given a concussion sustained against the Dogs in round 12, kept him to a score of 39, which saw his price drop from 618 to 562 at the moment, despite nice. those huge scores littered amongst uh, those recent matches. Yeah. So that is sort of the the one, I'm not going to call it a nail in the coffin, but one, one reason to celebrate and get him into, into your team. Second reason is the fact that Geelong have a very soft draw to end the season with games against the Dogs, St Kilda, Suns and the Eagles. Oh, and this is the biggest like, get your black texture out and just underline this. Three of those four remaining games are at GMHBA where he averages 161 points in 2022. So that just, I, I don't know what else to say. Like he is like, like, you know, we're harping on, and especially myself, I've got a, a bit of a man crush on Jack Steele mm. for good reason. And he's returning good, good scores. I'm just as bullish on Tom Stewart as Jack yeah. Steele. Um, probably more so with all those factors combined. He is, yeah, I've, uh, it's a good, good thing that the, uh, the camera is only filming from the torso up because <laughs> I'm excited. Let's just say I'm excited about Tommy Stewart. I would be too. I would be too if I had some trades. Yep. Um, I think he's a great trading option. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like all the stars aligning for him. Yep. Oh, if I only had good. trades. <laughs> you, you sound like, uh, what's that song from Wizard of Oz? They might just change oh, yeah, it. Like, if, I, if, if I only had, had a brain. brain. Yeah, if yeah. I only had a trade. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach. Bit of remix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the midfield option. And I've, I've, we've got a little bit different here. I mean, we've gone Zach Merritt, mid-eligible. 640.4K, averaging 113.1 with a break-even of 106. And Steele is probably the yeah. first pick here still. He's underpriced, 587.2, still a bargain. Um, mm. And returning some really good scores. He's scored, what, 143 on the weekend. Uh, but if you are looking for someone else, and I guess we just want to sing from a little bit of a different hymn book as well, just because we <laughs> keep talking about Steele. Uh, Merritt is another juicy option. I mean, he's yep. pricey, 640K. Uh, so not cheap, uh, but he's he's hit a bit of nice bit of form in recent weeks, and actually has the third highest three round average, uh, which is one thirty eight point seven, and sits behind just Bont and Laird in terms of sort of that in form, uh, yeah. that 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 run of form. Uh, he's going to set you back, uh, but you've got some cash to splash and some luxury trades up your sleeve. Merritt is probably one of the form choices of the midfield uh, options to to pick. I mean, assuming most people probably have Laird and, um, and yeah, well, Laird, really. Uh, yep. He's going to set you back, um, as I said, quite a bit, uh, but he's also only in 9.7% of teams, so he's still pod-worthy. So yeah. you're going to get some good scores out of him. He's, he's gone pretty well in recent weeks. I'm just going to get up his recent scores quickly. Sydney, round 16, 140. 
Brisbane round 17, 147, then Gold Coast uh, 136 and Collingwood on the weekend 133. Wow. So some very good scores. Oh, and also he faces North oh. Melbourne this weekend. Oh, very good. And you're talking about the stars aligning for Tom Stewart. The stars are aligning for Zachary Zach Merritt. Merritt. Yeah, that is very yeah. true. And at the moment, North are conceding the third most uh, points to inside midfielders and midfielders in general, really. Um, and without Parrish there, we've we've kind mm. of noted that the points have to go somewhere and uh, he is lapping up the time. I mean, he was scoring well enough as well when Parrish was there, but it's kind of gone to another level, hasn't it? It's been yeah. absolutely insane. Insane. Uh, but uh, moving on to the ruck category, and if you are in need of a ruckman, the man to look at is Maxi Gorn. Priced at 588.8K, averaging a 112.9 with a break-even of 118. And he had a massive game on the weekend and reminded us all why he was one of the first chosen at the start of the year. With a score of 147 against the Doggies, he absolutely looked back to some of his best with 40 hitouts and taking around 70% of ruck contest to boot. I mean, the risk of four time is going to be ever-present with Maxi, but with ruck options that, uh, you know, they seem few and far between, at least solid ones anyway... Um, you know, and no one is really setting the world on fire. He is the one that is the standard option, I think. Like, I've got Wits. I've got uh, Sean Darcy. I think you've got Wits as well, don't you? Yeah, and, and Lixarves, which did not go well on the weekend. They've fallen off an absolute cliff. Like, to not only the fact that we've been just littered with injuries in rucks, we've just had just shit form all around well, just, as well. Actually, looking, I was doing this before. I was looking at the actual ruck, just the scores from round 19 for rucks. Um, yep. Oh, yes. It was dire. It was absolutely dire. While you look at that as well, um, yes. the other option you. that you could consider is Tim English, priced at 520-100. He's dropped 20.7K, um, but his break-even is 131. Could potentially drop again. Supercoach Gold have him dropping another 20.7 with a projected score of 85 against Geelong. Potentially, I can't see that. Um, he scored a 122 on the weekend after his uh, putrid score against St Kilda the week before with a 51. So he is another option that you could consider uh, priced at 520, obviously 68K, cheaper than Gorn if you need to be a little bit more frugal. But Maxi Gorn, I think, um, tried and tested. Uh, go with him. Yeah, what well, just looking at the, the ruck scores on the weekend, you had Max Gorn, 147, Tim English, 122. The next best player was Sam Draper with 102, so mm. you wouldn't find many oh, wow. with him. Then it was Riley O'Brien with 101, Sean Darcy, 93. So that's your next sort of mass big uh. sort of ruckman. Uh, Peter Wright with 90, Jeremy Finlayson with 90, Bailey J. Williams with 90, Rowan Marshall, 88, what? Jared Witts, 86, and then... You know, Braden Proust, 85, um, Todd Goldstein, 75, Darcy Cameron, 71. Just yeah. absolute trash pretty much from there in terms of scoring. Yeah. Uh, Nank, 49. Yeah, not yeah. much. Not much going yeah. on. No, nothing happening there. Just even more reason to abolish the rucks altogether going yeah. into next year. Yep. Absolutely putrid. But having said that, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think he's going to make his way back into Collingwood's side this week, potentially, maybe. Yeah. Brody Grundy, see how he performs. Darcy Cameron, of course, dropped off as well. Um, just with Cox there on the weekend, just put in a bit of a stinker and he's falling away. And I think Cox is taking a fair Cox, few. <clears throat> yeah, Cox was the first choice ruck at the start of the game. He's, he oh, racked yeah. from the start. Interesting. So Darcy Cameron. Yeah. 
not boding well for the his owners there. But let's move on to uh, the forwards. And who have we got as our prime candidate to trade in? Yes. Uh, for the uh, forward line, we've got Marcus Bontempelli, mid-forward eligible, 652.4K with an average of 119.2 and a break-even of 40. And he is obviously the form forward in Supercoach at the moment. Uh, and he has finally found that ceiling that he had last year. Yeah. He is expensive, not going not gonna to yeah. lie, uh, but you have to pay up sometimes especially if you want a forward who has a three-round average of 147.7. So, yeah. you know what? You can't have it. Can't have it all. You have to, no. you've know, got to choose price, scoring. You, you get what you pay for. You've got to pay yeah, for quality. Exactly. exactly. Yep. exactly. In most sometimes. things in life and, um, and you know, it comes to super coach as well. Sometimes you get lucky uh, if you can jump on them early, like a Himmelberg, mm. the change of the role. Um, but sometimes not like with Liam Baker. Like we yeah. don't. <laughs> But Bont, he's very much in the good category at the moment. So check him out. But we do love a pot option. And yeah. uh, we're sort of going to be veering more into that uh, category as well uh, for the rest of the season. And potentially um, for next, or well, I'm going to say for, for next season as well, because it's almost, you've got to sort of consider these factors as well. Even come Supercoach finals as well, you've got to have a bit of a point of difference when it comes to your opponents. And whether it's an anti-pod when you don't own a player, or own a primo that's down in form um, compared to your opponent, or alternatively, you get in a pod who's having an absolute blinder that can really, really deliver you a nice leg up. And that could come in the form of Dylan Moore from the Hawks. He is a forward priced at 545.4K with an average of 97.5 and a break-even of 82. And the biggest uptick with him is the fact that he falls into that category of a player that's had a switch and roll, mm. which has been favorable. He's been moved from the forward line into the midfield. And yeah, I guess he offers up a pot option for those maybe looking to take a bit of a risk. And he is another good option in just 3.1% of teams. So a genuine pod, but unfortunately he comes with just that forward status, but must be said that his recent move to the midfield has seen him pumping out some decent scores in recent times with the 135 against the Crows, 113 against the Eagles, and a 124 against North for a three-round average of 124. So he is up there with the best scoring forwards in recent mm -hmm. weeks. And it is that change in role which has really cemented some solid scoring for him with 60% and 61% CBAs in recent weeks. But the risk with him is the fact that he could be switched to the forward line and play more of that small forward if the Hawks are in dire need of some scoring power up forward. Probably fits more of a Sicily type mold. Remember old Sicily, the old yeah. Sicily, you know, when he was playing up forward and yeah. then he was switched to defense, killing it. And there was that worry that uh, Alistair Clarkson would switch him up forward, which happened a few games. Yeah, it did. Um, so I'm thinking of him maybe fitting that old James Sicily mold. So, um, He's doing really well, uh, you know, I guess even in that role as a traditional small forward, he was managing relatively decent scores anyway with three sub-80 scores, two in the 80s and five in the 90s and eight over 100, including his, uh, his most recent three. So he's scoring overall. He's doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad for, the a, fact that for a forward. He's doing well. Yep. Yeah, like not it. bad scoring for a forward. Uh, yeah, I like it. I would consider him, especially if you needed a – Needed a bit of a pod just to, to move you up the up the rankings, or just give you a bit of a bit of a uh, I don't know, bit of a different different blade to use in your uh, your head to heads. Uh, okay. On the on the bubble uh, this week, we've got a few. Uh, probably only one that's really the choice. Uh, 
that you yeah, relevant, be. really. Yeah. Uh, and that is Don't look him. Jaya Kali, uh, mid forward eligible, 102.4K, averaging 83 with a break even of minus 106. Uh, the standout option this week, he is a tackling machine. Mm. He seems to be handy enough cover as well for a laid out or injury to help conserve trades. And he's also a bargain basement price. So we'll maximize the number of dollars you can get just from a trade. What yep. more could you want? Oh, to be mentioned, he's also mid forward DPP eligible. Yeah. Well, that's uh, he's ticked all the boxes there, isn't he? If you're trading anyone else, any of these others on the list, it's just the wrong choice. Yeah, it's a yeah, yeah that's it's very, very. I was going to say it's a risk not worth taking, but flat out, it's the wrong choice. Yeah, don't be silly. Um, because none of these other guys, just on the pure basis, apart from form aside, job security, and the fact that none of these other guys we're going to mention, uh, lack or none of these other guys have DPP eligibility like Cully. Um, they're just they're just not it. Um, so don't don't try and play smart. I don't think, but mm-hmm. or don't 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 try and be smart. Play the conservative. Yeah. I think when it comes to this, um, but we'll mention these other guys in the bubble nonetheless anyway. Unless you like to live dangerously, but these <laughs> are just silly moves. Uh, first option is Ash Johnson for the Pies, eligible as a forward, priced at one twenty three point nine k, averaging a sixty four with a break even of negative fifty five and. The mature ager has impressed in his first two games for the Pies posting scores of 67 and 61. And both scores featured bags of two and three goals. So really keep that in mind as it looks as though his scores are highly dependent on hitting the scoreboard. And obviously there's no guarantees of doing that from week to week. Um, I mean, Pies are in good form, but yeah, aside from that, job security, don't know how it looks. As we've seen, um, Carmichael, who absolutely racked it up the prior week, 24 disposals, but butchered the footy, actually lost his uh, his guaranteed yeah. spot in the first 22 and was obviously that, uh, the, that sub, uh, yeah. the sub, the injury sub. So uh, we've seen already what can happen with those sort of youngish players or inexperienced players at the pies. Yep. Uh, moving on to Richmond player, Tyler Sonsi. Uh, I hope that's how he pronounced it. Uh, mid-eligible, 117.3K, averaging 55.5, with a break-even of minus 42, with a 59 and a 52 in his first two. He looks to be really just a stock-standard rookie option. Uh, yeah. But I guess his long-term job security uh, in the side is probably shaky at best, with the Tigers now a chance at missing the finals, and that comes pressure and spots up for grabs. So you'd think no one is safe and rookies are quick to be scapegoats in that situation normally. Yep, absolutely spot on there. Don't bank on him. But another guy who we've listed here, and he is probably the the, the weakest option of the lot for a number of reasons. Uh, it is Shannon Neal. Uh, he is eligible as a forward, priced at 123.9K, averaging a 33.5 with a break-even of six. And he came on as the injury sub on the weekend for the injured Stanley at the Cats and uh, scored a 33, which was his second game also since round 11 when he scored Mm. just 34. Uh, That in itself says that he is the backup backup option. Um, And then when it comes to job security, probably hinges on the injury outlook for Stanley, but with Segler now waiting in the wings of the forgotten uh, Hawk recruit, his spot is by no means secure, goes without saying. But either way, he isn't producing the type of scoring to warrant a bench cover spot. And he's coached by uh, one of the Scott brothers, who is volatile at 
best. So uh, none really present as decent options, to be honest. And just go back to that uh, that little dynamo, Jai Cully, loves yep. the tackle. Uh, easy high floor off the back of that. Bit of a mini uh, Jack Steele. Not not mm. the same class, no by, no. by no means, but, but um, the same mold in that sense, yep. yeah. Yeah, so really none of the other options other than Cully <laughs> should be no. in your consideration at all. But <laughs> we thought we'd list them out just to for completeness. But Damon, what's up, what's up now? Arrgh, I <laughs> have uh, come aboard your ship. I'm a pirate, but you know what? I'm going to... Uh, Send you over the uh, the plank because I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I liked that. I liked that. That was that just thought I'd role play to a bit. Was not expecting that in the slightest. <laughs> we haven't done that before, so I thought I'd uh, I'd throw it in, mix it up. <laughs> oh, wow, that was great. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thought I was gonna get. I don't know. Raided by a by a by a pirate there. Blackbeard is <laughs> joining us on the podcast. Thought, thought we had a different special guest today. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna plunder your booty. Uh, <laughs> not your booty, booty, but yes, Ooh. your treasure. Anyway, what if there's much confusion back in the day where they said <laughs> we want to plunder your booty, and the guys on the ship are like, no, 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 please don't. Just take our treasure. They're like, oh, that's what we mean. You 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 you, you nimwit. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> holding onto the belt buckles. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's move I'm on now to the captain. Straight in. Uh, <laughs> in our captain now, we scrounge, we scrounge through the data and we find you the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And we kick off with uh Friday night game. It's going to be actually probably hopefully a very good game. Frio versus Melbourne at 8, 10 p.m. over in Perth. And the first up, we've got Andrew Brayshaw, who is averaging 103.25 in his last four against the D's. With scores of 100, 125, 118, and 70. Not a bad option just for, a, I guess, a VC there um, playing in that first yep. game. Um, gives you a bit of an option just uh, for something a little bit different as well. Yep. Yeah, it's different to this guy uh, who is probably a vanilla stock standard, Aiken yep. for the bacon option, and it is Clary Oliver. Um, plays in that same game against Frio, uh, and he's averaging 110.75 in his last four mm. against the Dockers with scores of 113, 122, a 94, and a 114. Having said that, he was he, he started out of the blocks on the weekend and sort of tapered off. Um, Clary, good old Clary, but he's due for a downer. I think you can't expect him to have massive scores from week to week, but he's probably uh, going to be the top option uh, for the early yep. game as well. Always also helps. No, definitely. Um, I think another good VC option there. In uh, the, the next game, I guess, uh, Callum Mills uh, against GWS on Saturday at 2.10. He has an average of just 85.75 in his last four against the Giants with scores of 84, 84, 104, and 71. But it's just that high floor. Oh, sorry, that high mm. ceiling that he has. Sorry, the high ceiling that he has that you just always just, you know, it's always worth the risk, I guess, especially playing relatively early in the round. You probably can still VC him uh, just just to, you know, try and capture something that might eventuate. Yep, absolutely. And uh, moving on to the, I guess, next game, it is James Sicily against the Saints on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. And he's averaged an 80 in his last four against the Saints with scores of 113, 119, 34, and 54. And must be mentioned that the 34... And 54 came from way, way back. So probably better to be disregarded and probably when he was playing up forward more so uh, mm. than anything. 
I uh, must mention, though, that St Kilda give away the second most points to designated kick-in players. But Sicily, in his last two, has lost his claim to them, taking only one each week. And in games prior to this, he was taking three or so per game. So a bit of a mixed bag there and something to consider, I think. Just weigh it up. Yeah. Um, He's still scoring not too bad. Uh, you know, he scored, a, I guess, on the weekend below his standards at a 97. Um, but it's those intercept marks that he gets which really make up that, uh, that high floor that he busts out from week to week. So keep in mind anyway, nonetheless. Mm, definitely. And in that same game, uh, we've got Jack Steele uh, on Saturday at 4.35. He's averaging 108 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 125, 91, 111 and 105. And it's also good to consider that Hawthorne give away the second most points to inside mids. So it's good. Good for Jack. Good for Jack. Mm. Yeah, it's very good for Jack. And uh, love love Jackie boy. And wish I had another trade to bring him into my team Mm. because uh, he's an absolute gun. Uh, Another gun is Marcus Bontempelli who faces the Cats on Saturday at 7.25 p.m. And he's averaged 117.5 in his last four games against them with scores of 109, 143, 122 and 96 and has turned it on in recent weeks like we mentioned. And in his last two games, they read 181, 161. So in some serious hot form. So consider him. Goes without saying. Yep. Very good option there. Uh, in the next game, uh, Rory Laird uh, up against Carlton on Saturday at 7.30. He's got an average of 116.5 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 123, 109, 136 and 98. And just as we've said, he's uber uh, uber consistent with his scoring. So he, he pretty much pumps out a 125 minimum um, this year so far, um, especially in recent weeks. So definitely one to consider. And nice also uh, as well for the uh, AFL uh, and the fact that the people behind the fixturing is they haven't uh, scheduled a clash. They've tried to space out the games uh, between the the Geelong Western Bulldogs and Adelaide and Carlton because Geelong Bulldogs starts at 7.25, Crows and Carlton starts at 7.30. Beautiful, beautiful. Idiots. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking is. That's just so dumb. The fixturing is so perplexing with the AFL. I don't understand. I, I like the gaps between games. Yep. But why is it only five? Like, I just, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Have some, like, if it was like 10, 20 minutes later, then at least at quarter time, like, you know, half times, you can swap between the games or quarter time, you know? Yeah. You can actually watch a little bit of each game if you wanted, um, but not, yeah, it's just so strange. I don't understand. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. So, so dumb. In today's day and age. But anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> just thought I'd mention that because it just makes no sense. Uh, but moving on to uh, Jordan Dawson uh, in that same game. He's averaged 99.25 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 134, 96, 113 and a 54. But probably should make mention as well that he has been given a lot of attention in recent weeks, Dawson, which is funny. It kind of came off the back of uh, when we were talking about him in one of the podcasts. I think it was a week yeah. prior to him actually being tagged. And we said yeah. it didn't get tagged. So whoever the coach was that was tuning into <laughs> our podcast, I don't think it holds that much weight, but let's just go with it. Let's just say that uh, that we do. But whoever the coach was, they must have been listening to our podcast because he's been tagged from then on. Did score that 134 earlier in the year um, mm. as well. But obviously that was before the tags started. Um, yep. But yeah, interesting to see. Uh, Sammy Walsh also won that game. He's got an average of just 97 in his last four against the Crows. Scores of 89, 131, 84, and 84. So uh, 
I don't know. It's just one that just stands out a little bit as, as just, you know, time for him to go bang, I reckon. He'll very much be a pot, I reckon, because a lot of people will be wary about uh, hopefully he plays. I reckon he will because, as we know, he rolled his ankle on the weekend but came back and played and just came back on like a man possessed. So I don't know whatever drugs they gave him, but I'd like <laughs> to just sample a couple of those maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just by the by. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will be wary about putting the VC or the C on him because of that ankle roll that he had and they'll be just thinking, oh, I might be underdone. But, yeah, as a bit of a pod side option, uh, that would really set you apart. So, yeah, consider him if you want to go down that risky route. Mm. But moving on to a more stable uh, option is Tookie Miller, the running man, faces West Coast on Sunday at 110. His average probably says otherwise. He's 91.75 average in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 137, 80, 98, and 52. But he is obviously coming off a big 157, and that 137 came from earlier in the year. So, He's probably been one of the more stable options, probably a little bit behind uh, Laird as probably the most consistent yeah. players from from week to week that we speak of as captaincy or VC options. So I like him as a bit of a captain option on Sunday if your VC fails. Yep, don't mind it. Uh, another option uh, on Sunday against Richmond is Lockie Neal playing on Sunday at 310. He's averaged 142.25 in his last four against the Tigers with scores of 107, 149, 190, and 123. Oh. The Tigers just don't tag. So, I mean. Although I've heard this before. I'm adding flashbacks to true. when he played your mob that in the Dons. They true. didn't tag. Yeah, that is actually a good, very good point. But who, who would tag from the Tigers? Jack Graham, potentially. I don't know if he tags, yeah. but just you know what it is. Once bitten, twice shy when it comes yeah, to, no, uh, to Neil. Entirely fair, entirely and, fair. And the late game as well kind of makes it hard because um, you virtually have to put the C on him unless yeah. you want to put the VC on him and then sort of look at half of his game and then assess from there as to this guy in the next game, in the last game of the round, and it is from your mob, Zachary Merritt. So you could put the VC on Neil and then put the C <laughs> on Merritt if you're not happy with him Risky early play. half of the game. Very risky, risky because <laughs> his game starts against North on Sunday, an hour and 30 minutes later at 4.40 p.m. And Merritt has averaged 109.75 in his last four games against North with scores of 117, 114, 68, and 137. But he's coming off a scoreline of 140 against Sydney, 147 against Brisbane, 136 against the Gold Coast, and 133 against the Pies. So he's in a really hot runner form, as we've mentioned so far. Yes, he is. Very much so. Yeah. Moving on to the honourable mentions. I've just got a couple here uh, that you may consider. They're probably high-risk, high-reward VC options. They generally play, I think all of them play pretty early on in yeah. the round. Uh, Petrarca uh, has plays against Frio. He's got scores of 53, 98, 140, and 101 in his last four for an average of 98. Not great, but, you know, again, it's a high, he's got a high ceiling. Um, so there is that potential that he goes big um, and you just, you know, you can get ahead of the competition there. Uh, also in that same game, uh, Maxi Gorn, if you've got him, get, obviously obviously plays against Freo as well, 119, 93, 132 and 151 in his last four against the Dockers for mm. an average of 123.75. Obviously, probably expect that they probably want to tag team Darcy a little bit more. Um, so I don't think you'll get the same level of ruck contest Rock as he got. Yeah, yeah, as he got last week. Uh now, an interesting one I think here is Himmelberg. 
Now, in his last four games against Sydney, he's scored 91, 75, 75, and 55. Obviously, you can't really consider any of those because they were. Uh, that's an average of 73.25, sorry. Uh, but you can't really consider those. They were really forward-focused. forward, forward focused. Um, mm. But he's coming off scores of 132 against Brisbane and 130 against uh, against your, your mob in uh, the, the Blues and play Sydney this week, and they give away the fourth most points to general defenders. Yeah. Plays early enough in the round. It's a risky option, but it's 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 one of those high risk, high reward. You'd, you'd probably set yourself apart if you got a got a decent, you know, 130, 140. Just looking at his scores, in six of his past eight, he scored over 100. And not just over 100, but like 114, 126, 187, 132, 130. So he's, he's, he's scoring well enough mm-hmm. as well to justify, you know, VC or C scores if he does reach those heights as well. Exactly. And I think it's just, it's the high risk, high reward. It's a good VC option. And lastly, uh, I've got Rowan Marshall. He's not got a great average against Hawthorne, 78, 86, 105, 119, last four scores for an average of 97. Uh, but Hawthorne give away the third most points to opposition Ruckman. Um, so if he can come in and have a big game uh, against against the Hawks, uh, which he generally does against without Ryder, uh, I think he's overcome hopefully his sickness. Um, could be in for a big one as well. On to our selections. Who are you, uh, who are you looking at at the moment? <sighs> it's a tough one. Um, I like the look of Oliver for VC. Um, just can't kick him down. And it's a, almost a free hit on Friday night with, with Oliver, which is always good. If I had Bont, 100% would be going Bont as either the VC or the C. Um, I think he's in great form. Uh, might go Rory Led VC into Lockie Neal C, I reckon. Yep. That's probably, like it. Uh, it just depends. I might even just go Oliver into Led as well. Like that's, I think Led's the the definite. Um, it'll just depend on how I feel closer to the start of the round. Yeah. I think I'm very similar to you. I'm, I'm thinking of going VC, uh, for Oliver into either Laird at the C. I think I'm going to bypass Neil. He's just he burnt me that once and I, I'm not going to forgive him until next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I mentioned with uh, with Tuk Tuk, the running man, Miller, he's only scored no below 100 three times this entire season. Um, so he's got that high floor to really lean back on. Coming off a of 157 against the Lions, uh, faces West Coast this weekend. Uh, I can see him doing a bit of a number on them. So, yeah, it's either between – I've got to sort of flip a coin. Laird's treated me really well um, in recent weeks, so probably mm-hmm. lean towards him. But otherwise, depending on sort of my super coach head-to-head matchups and who they go for, that probably might dictate – because I am – depending on where I'm placed at that stage, yeah. I might go different to them, and that will probably dictate who I go for out of those two. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Very nice. Well, uh, now, Liam, it's time to usher in our uh, next special guest. We've got a massive honour roll here over the past mm. few weeks. Last week, we spoke to JP, who was uh, in sixth place uh, at that time. He's now shifted into third spot, so he is gunning Ooh, very, for very that, uh, yeah. that um, Iron Throne. But the man who sits currently in the Iron Throne in the number one ranked position is Abdul with his team, Abs Magic. So let's check in with him now and have a good old yarn. Well, yes, we're joined, of course, now by uh, Abdul, who is the uh, the current number one ranked coach overall in Supercoach with his team, Abs Magic. Abdul, thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. 
Thank you. No worries. Well, uh, first off, fair to say you're, uh, you know, you currently hold the most sought after position in Supercoach at the moment as the overall leader. First up, how are you feeling? And is this uncharted territory for you? Or have you been in first spot overall once before? And I'm usually the top uh, 1,000 or 2,000 on average. And I usually run out of trades at the same time as I run out at this time. Um, mm. I'm a very aggressive player. Um, but um, at the moment, how I feel, um, I was feeling... Last week, I was feeling very nervous. Actually, I was feeling more nervous when I was ranked second. Once I got to the top, oh. the nerves went because um, I reached the goal. I reached the peak of the mountain where I wanted to reach. Mm, yeah. And now it's it's only downhill from here, so it didn't matter no more. So, <laughs> 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 so I, don't, I, I can't see myself, to be honest, I'll be honest, I'm not, I, I can't see myself winning it. It's, it's, it's going to be impossible. Um, yeah, I need help from... Uh, a lot of luck. I need, I need so much luck. It's going to yeah. be um, because the teams below me, um, they're they're pretty powerful. The some have got trades left, and um, I, mm. I, I actually suss out all the teams. And there's a team ranked, uh, I think it's about fourth or fifth now, who's virtually got the same team as me, except he's got better pods, yeah. and he's only 100 points behind me. Is Fleming's flops or something like that? But um, I've got a feeling that he's going to win it. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully you can hang on. But uh, yeah. if it's not yourself, we'll. Uh... We'll keep track of him. I know that um, there is a guy within the top 10. I think he's now eighth. He was 11th last week. And he's actually got, I think it's about six trades. and he's got seven trades left, yeah. Yeah, and three boosts up his sleeve, which is absolutely insane. Well, he must have been, boosts. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so he's very much been kissed on the proverbial um, it, with with uh, injuries and the like, I imagine. Or he started with a, um, a super strong team and just held on to his trades. But yeah, to be in the position he is now is absolutely insane. But he's not that close. Like this week, he, I outscored him. So which I, did, I had a bad week and I outscored him. Or we had a very yeah. similar score. Which was um, which was pretty. I was shocked actually because I thought he was going to come home strong, but the the team's coming second is coming home strong as well. Um, yeah. He's got a really good team as well. The the team coming third, Jay. He's he's one of my friends, and he's the one that you actually had on your podcast recently, and he's doing yeah, well. Jay. Mm. It's going to be very tight at the top. I mean, hundred yeah. points separates virtually six teams. So yeah, you have right. to win it, and um, and you just got to be lucky. Like my my pods are Darcy Cameron, and he's not a pod. <laughs> he's become a yeah mm. a disaster for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough yeah. one. Uh, but before we, uh, I guess, delve a little bit more into your amazing season to date, uh, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on on how long you've been playing Supercoach? And I guess you, you said you you know sort of normally ranked around that one thousand two thousand mark. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit more of a rundown on how long you've been playing and and whatnot. Yeah, I've been playing Supercoach for about seven years now. The first year I played, mm. I had no idea what I was doing. Obviously, <laughs> most people don't know yeah. what I did in the first year. And and the second year, we I took it seriously because we opened up a little group, a little um, a Richmond Supercoach group. Only Richmond supporters play in it. It was a very small group, only 40 people. But um, we became very competitive. We just wanted to beat each other. So um, And we've become good friends. And now that group's grown up to about 200 now. And all we do is we just compete with each other. We just try to out... Out, yeah. um, out to each other. So that's pretty much where the competitiveness has come from. And that's pretty much the only reason I'm playing Super Coach is just to beat them. And um... <laughs> <laughs> That's like Liam and myself. We yeah. try and beat each other. <laughs> and this year I've got the, I've got the um, chocolate so far out of them. So, um, mm. But we oh, do have sure. one person coming 47th right now in that group and one oh, wow. person 91st. So they're, they're still behind me. They're still chasing me. Go on, let me go. <laughs> Well, if uh, I'm sure you got the bragging rights at the moment, but even even if you don't take out the overall um, number one spot, at least you got the bragging rights over uh, over the Richmond crew there. 
That's yeah. right. And at least I can say I've climbed that mountain. That was my main aim, to climb that mountain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Maybe next year we'll work on staying there, but we'll see. Maybe I can stay there this year. But yeah. uh, four weeks to go, no trades left. Uh, the pods are sort of going backwards, so I'm not sure. We'll see how we go. Yes, and uh, just on that, you've just mentioned it there. You've been very, you know, to your credit as well, been very transparent about the fact that you've used all your trades, um, whereas a lot of people would sort of keep their cards close to the chest, but um, very hard to be secretive nowadays uh, compared to uh, years gone by in Supercoach. But at what point did your intention turn from conserving trades to using your last couple? And I'm not sure whether your last two trades were forced through injury or was your whole strategy the entire season an all-out aggressive approach to try and, you know, obviously grab the top spot? Now, the, since you asked me that, if I knew I was going to be ranked number one in round 19, I wouldn't have done the stupid things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea I was going to be ranked this high. You know, I mean, you, I'm playing to rank, be ranked in the top thousand like I normally am and mm. uh, just to beat my, my fellow competitors. But I, did, I had no idea I was going to be ranked number one. And uh, I made a lot of dumb, dumb moves earlier, which if I knew I was going to be ranked this high, I wouldn't have done. So um, I'm prepared for it next year. Now I know how to play it proper and, uh, and I've got the formula for it. So um, next year, watch out. I'm coming strong next year. But um, this year, I'm just hanging in there. I'm just uh, holding on by virtue of my fingernails. Yep. No, of course. But they're like, was your whole strategy the entire time to go like just all out? Because I know you mentioned earlier as well that you're very similar to myself yeah. where I run out of trades and Liam as well. Um, although we've been both pretty good this year, I think. Um, but Liam's been he's in a different ballpark. He's been absolutely hammered by the Supercoach gods with injuries. But like I've been playing Supercoach since uh, high school, which is like mid-2000s. And I've always had an issue with uh, an itchy trigger finger when it comes to trades. Like, have you always been of that mindset, like just aggressive all out approach? Um, and well, sort of is that what's helped you get where well, you are? Normally, um, we have 30 trades. And with thirty trades, it was like it was like horse racing. All right, so mm. um, you come you come yep. out of the, you come out of the blocks the and you, you don't you don't you just gallop a little bit at the start, and it's like a Melbourne Cup, thirty two hundred meters, let's say. It's a long sprint, so they call yep. it a marathon. But I was always sprinting faster than most of the other horses, so I was always going a little bit faster, and then collapsing. So, um, <laughs> so by, by, by around fifteen, my horse was shot dead. Like I whipped it so hard that it was gone, and. Um, um. <laughs> so, it, was so, it was running backwards, was it? <laughs> my horse became a donkey after <laughs> after fifteen rounds. But um, this year, I thought stuff the horse racing, and I'm not going to do horse racing no more. So I thought I'd go Formula One racing this year. So I went a different strategy. So um, first four rounds, I thought this is this is um, uh, where, where you, you sort of revved up, rev up the you get your team all crew all worked up. So first four rounds is pole position. So what you're doing is um you're setting up your team. You're doing your side you're doing your sideways trades to make sure your team is perfect. Yep. All the all the yep. plays you missed out on, you're getting all those, which mine was already perfect. So I don't know, I just stuffed it up anyway. But um I got all the duds <laughs> in after my perfect teams like I was ranked 1000 after the uh, first round, oh, ranked wow. top 200 after the second round. And then what do I do? I, I take out the good players and put the bad players in. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, so pole position is is your first four rounds. Now, uh, rounds five to round, say, to the bye round is when you accelerate. You, 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 you update your team. You get all the all the um, new recruits. You get rid of the rookies. But I use all the boosts for that because um, the, the best way, like, they're expensive. They're the good players. So 
you sort of you got to sort of use your rookies to uh, to upgrade. So I I went as hard as I could because I didn't want to use those um, boosts in the buy rounds because no, I don't need them then because I'm already yeah. got free trades in the buy rounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not going to use those boosts after the buy rounds. Well, if I knew, I would now. But I was going to use those boosts after the buy rounds because who's going to use four trades or three trades in round 18 or round 19? I probably have no trades left anyway. Mm. So um, I thought, let's go hard. Let's get, let's get these boosts up. Let's get the team. Let's get a, a primo ahead of everyone else, one primo ahead. And that one primo is going to give me 50 points a week extra than everyone else every single week. Yeah. Because once I've got my, uh, let's say my 14th primo, everyone's got their 13th primo. So I've always got one less rookie on field. Step ahead, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and plus also – you sort of uh, want to have your mid prices in there as well to to keep the score up high. So you get, you get all the rookies off the field. So virtually, my worst rookie was virtually McCartan, and he wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so virtually, I had a the four the defense was my biggest problem. The forward line was was starring like I had Sherry as my um, F six, so he was not bad for an F six. Yeah. Whereas uh, my 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 mids were good. I didn't have um. I didn't have JHF. I couldn't afford him because I was being a tight ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably fine anyway. But did you, did, yeah. you, did you start with Nick Dacos? I started Nick Dacos. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have. A, I actually didn't have a lot of the good rookies. I, I didn't have um, Nick Martin to start with, so I missed his big points ah. at the start. Ooh, okay. I got him straight away afterwards, but I missed already missed like a oh, boat yeah. already sailed. You know, so I got his hundred. I missed out on his big hundred, but I got his other scores. Yep. I didn't have a Hayes. His first his first game was awesome. I, I chose Dixon ahead of him, so I chose the wrong one. Mm. But, nice. um, yeah, so that was – I just had another 100 points there. That would have been good. But um, my defence was where I was leaking the points. So, uh, like, my, my um, F5 was McCartan, but my F6 was Gipkus. And I had to get oh, rid of okay. Gipkus. Okay. And I had to put in um, – I was looking for a mid-pricer, so I always went with um, – Cheap options. I didn't go for the expensive ones because I couldn't afford it. So um, that was where I wasted all my trades at, at, in my defence. Like I, I'd, I'd bring in um, a player like Blakey, and um, at the time he was mid price, and yeah. uh, he was giving me seventies and eighties, which was okay. And I thought I can stay with Blakey till the buy rounds, and then I'll upgrade him. But uh, Blakey wasn't really um, doing much. He was giving me seventies and sixties, so it was a couple of seventies, couple of eighties. But it was he wasn't taking a kick out. It was, it was virtually. As soon as I traded him out, he'd become a star. So <laughs> he waited for me to get rid of him so to become good. So, uh, yeah, that was Blakey out the way. But going back to my my um, my original recipe, it was um, so you got your pole position, your sprint, and then you got your pit stop during the buy rounds. So in the buy rounds, you sort of stop again. And, and I was planning on 15 primos every buy round and, and three rookies, plus if I had spares, it's, it's a bonus. But that didn't work out because um, around 12 uh, by round, uh, Stuart got injured. He was my vice captain. Uh, Bailey Smith got reported. He's the one who knocked it. Uh, and then he knocked out Stuart. And I chose um, Shrek over, over Gorn. And Gorn scored 200 the game and Shrek scored 59. And... Uh, Round 12 was a disaster for me. So my ranking dropped from rank ninth all the way down to rank 34th, which was virtually end of season for me because the, the leader was 600 points ahead of me. And um, 
that in round 14, I went aggressive. Brought in lead, I got rid of Neil. Because um, I couldn't afford lead, and uh, the only way I could afford him was to get rid of Neil. And I looked at Neil's stats. He was scoring, uh, he was averaging 130, which is really good. But he only had three scores or two scores above 130. So he wasn't really captain material. And my captain mm. was really letting me down. Like every week I'd pick a captain and give me 100 points. And, um, and me was those times it was lead. I was sorry, Neil. Um, so I said, look, Neil can go. I'll bring in lead. That's going to be my risks. I'm going to hope that lead outscores Neil for the rest of the year. And whatever I gain from that, those points is, um, is my profit, like uh, my, my gain. So obviously I, I get the 115 points that he scored that game in round 14, plus the extras. Now, if you work out what he's scored between then and now, it's actually 300 points. Uh, difference. Yeah, wow. yep. So it, it was a huge difference for me. So that, that was virtually my, my rise. Um, now, at that time, I had four trades left in round 14. And um, so one trade went to lead. Uh, then I used two trades, which I didn't have to, but I, I used two trades and I brought in Himmelberg. But oh, he was yep. going to be my 23rd primo. And I didn't have much cash left. So... Um, so Himmelberg became my 23rd prima, and, and I thought if I if I need um, if a player gets injured during the week during uh, during the rounds, uh, Himmelberg will replace the injured player. So at least I, ha- I don't have to waste a trade; I can have a spare. And uh, it's worked out that Oliver missed a round mm. uh, last week. Yep. Kelly missed a round, so that's two trades I would have had to use anyway to to replace him with. So I've already made up for those two trades, and I still got the spare primo now. And um, also maybe possibly this week Brody might miss or from the rumours that I'm hearing that Brody's um, got a quad problem. So, um, yeah, okay. yeah, so I've always got a primo spare that's going to cover um, in, my, in my team, except for yeah, defence. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to get <laughs> Yeah, so um, if I planned it better, it been, my team would have been much better, but I just didn't plan to be number one. Like my plan was never yeah. to be number one. <laughs> you never expect to be uh, sitting in yeah. the, uh, the, the old yeah. throne, as they call 1, 000, it. You know? So if I knew I was going to be yeah. number one, I would have planned my team much, much better. But um, yeah. unfortunately, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you can't uh, You can't really plan for that kind, can you? It's like it comes no, down to, like we were saying uh, pre-record, that it comes down to a you know, combination of, you know, a lot of, um, we're talking about it in terms of uh, both of our industries that we work in, in the videography industries that to get your break, it comes down to, you know, a bit of skill, um, but also a bit of luck as well. And it applies to super coach in this sense as well, where, you know, that all that combined uh, helps you sit uh, where you are at the moment in number one spot. So you're doing very, very well there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, luck helps. Like you said, I mean, it's all, it, it is, all, it, a lot of it is luck. Like, I mean, yeah. who, who, who was to know that a lead was going to outscore Neil by 300 points? Yeah. So in round fourteen and now, like uh, it's just all luck. Yeah, I mean a bit of bit of skill, but you got to take the risks. That's virtually I just went broke. I just went all out, and yeah. I lost my last trade in round fifteen when Stuart got injured. So uh, all reported. So I swapped in for Dawson, oh, which yes. yeah, no okay. left. yeah, yeah. And so I guess you, you say you like to play a little bit risky as well, or take take those risks. Do you um, do you do that with sort of pods as well? Do you do you have a pod strategy? Um, I do. I love my pods. Yeah, I love my <laughs> pods. And um, like last year, I got in Hall when he was um, only owned by a hundred people, and, oh, I, and yeah. I wow. and I and I got him in at like a really cheap price. Mm. And um, and this year I got I got Himmelberg when virtually less than a thousand owners, 
and I brought in um, Darcy Cameron, who had less than a thousand owners. Yeah, well, at three hundred k. So I, I look for roles. Like I look for, I watch all the plays. I look for roles. Like if I had trades left now or even last week, I would have brought in the the Hawthorne midfielder now, the one, the half, the yeah, um, more, uh, more, more, more. Yeah. I would have brought in more. Like he's he's a jet, and um, yeah. and uh, I would have got him cheap as well because I I, I I I sense that he was going to become good because the minute he went, he played midfield, he just changed. Yeah, and um, but I didn't have trades, so I couldn't do it. So um, I, I didn't want to talk about it because no one else to get him. So I just I just kept it quiet. <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, we've, we've we've burst that bubble for this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've identified him, but yeah, we're in the same boat as well. That I've I've only got two trades left, and I'm probably going to more than likely use one to downgrade to then fund an upgrade or slight upgrade from short to uh, Stewart. Uh, but I think a lot of people will bring him in. But yeah, he's one. If I had more trades that I'd love to bring in because yeah, he's he's still a pod, and being a forward only kind of makes it hard for people to bring him in. I think in a, as a, in a sense, as opposed to if he was a DPP player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with with um with Stuart, all right. Um, this is this is what this is what Lux got to do with it. Um, now, what, uh, Hubert goes down last week. Right. If Hewitt went down this week, it would have been disaster for me because the top 10 teams would have all brought in Stewart. But Hewitt yeah. goes down last week, so they can't bring in Stewart. So, that, so, so yep. well, who are they bringing? There's, there's how many options you got? You got Redmond, you mm. got yep. um, Dale, you yep. got Doherty. I mean, if you don't already have him, you got Doherty. There's not many options. You got you got no. Houston. So um, and you got Rich. Yeah, Rich goes down. Houston goes down. Yep. And and, um, and Redmond goes down. And yeah, it's, crazy, uh, yeah. it's crazy. So I felt sorry for the like. If I had an extra trade, I would have probably uh, traded out Stewart. I mean, um, Hewitt and Brian Redmond. That's what I would have done. Yeah. yeah. And then what would have happened? I had to trade out again now. <laughs> so yeah. um, I would have wasted two trades. Yeah. Uh, but, so crazy. by not having those trades, I didn't have to waste them. So it actually worked out all right. <laughs> but <laughs> what, yeah, what you've just explained there is very reminiscent of Liam's season. Like yeah, he, he was bringing much. in players and they were getting injured like a week or two later. Like Parrish, I think was the last Parrish yeah. and Nank were the last couple where he's just, he was getting hit left, right and center. And it's yeah. just, it's hard because he, he's had terrible luck all season. And despite the fact that we've had extra trades, it's kind of been almost a normal season for him because he's had to use those extra trades on injuries and then some. So he's, he's found it really hard to try and make up ground and yeah, yeah he's just hit his I tether. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he brought in Parrish, I would I would have brought in Kelly because I had an option it was either Kelly or Parrish, and that was my upgrade time, and um and and I did I was just short of bringing I didn't have enough cash to bring in, I think I was one k short or two hundred dollars short. It was really just it was something minimal, so I couldn't bring in Parrish. Or else I would have. Yeah. So I brought in Kelly Lucky. instead, wow. <laughs> and just for the sake of two hundred dollars, it saved me another trade. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's it's luck. It's you just got to be lucky. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it is. It's definitely uh, comes down to that for sure. But um, just sort of where we're at the moment, uh, we, we've sort of um, titled this episode more around, we've called it the, the finals countdown. Um, we are on the cusp of, of finals now uh, for Supercoach head-to-head leagues. For those people that have been lucky enough to qualify, do you have sort of any strategies that you yourself have used 
in the past. Um, I mean, you mentioned there in terms of that Richmond group that you're in, uh, trying to get the uh, the leg up on them. Uh, you don't really have to try now at the moment <laughs> where you are. But for those people that are in their head-to-head league finals, whether it be a double chance in the top four um, or they've just qualified for the, the single chance final, what, uh, what advice can you give if they still have trades? Um, do you advise that they hold on to them or do you reckon they should use them, say, if they're, they've only got a single chance? Um, uh, sort of what, what, what strategies do you have, if any? Now, not that I, I play much finals because usually when I'm into finals, I don't have any trades left by that time. So um, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually pop <laughs> me out. <laughs> but, but what I would, if I had trades left and I'm in the top four, for example, and uh, so what I would hold my trades if I'm in the top four. I would not yep. trade. Uh, the reason being is because if you win this week, you're going to have a, a weekend off next week anyway. So yeah. you're going to have a buy next week and just use your trades for the grand final, unless you've got a yep. lot of trades. Um, so I would hold um, if I was in a top four. But if I'm in the top eight, um, I would trade. I, I would make sure that obviously I'm going to start winning. So um, I'll probably pay a little bit differently and um, yeah. I'll try to bring in the best of the best. Uh, yeah, to make sure, sure that I, I can beat my, my I'll, I'll see who I'm playing against first and see what he's got and, um, and then play accordingly. Yeah. Uh, but um, most likely I would trade if I was in the top eight. Yep. But I was going to, I was going to ask you a, a double barreled um, question there with regards to leagues and overall, but I uh, don't want, want you giving away all your secrets and strategies considering you are in the iron throne at the moment, uh, top of the uh, top of the heap. So, um, with that, mate, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. And, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for your time. And, um, yeah, I guess imparting your, your knowledge and wisdom on us and, uh, yeah. you know, wish you, I guess, all the best for the, for the remaining, what, four weeks left in the season now. So you've, you've shown on the weekend that you're able to actually not just hold ground, but, um, but gain ground to an extent, even though the fact that you had, you're carrying both, uh, Josh Kelly mm. and Hewitt on the bench, which, is absolutely insane. So great effort by you so far to date, and um, great effort to do what you did on the weekend yeah. as well. So just shows that you're uh, you you've actually got that foresight and knowledge, like you mentioned, with um, you having an overall strong side across the field. So all the best for the rest of the season, mate, and um, yeah. looking forward to hopefully seeing you um, hold up the uh, the trophy come the end of the season. Yeah, all right, that'll be awesome. Thank you for your time, guys. No worries. Good luck. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Yes, that was Abdul with his team, Abs Magic, and he is in a very, very nice position. Mm. Um, But like we said last week with JP, I envy his position, but also don't because the pressure behind it would give me ultra anxiety, especially with no – but, I mean, his position with no trades, he can just throw his hands up in the air and be like, well – just leave it up to luck now. Like yeah. it's out of my hands to an extent. I've done what I can to get this position. Let's just try and ride the wave all the way to the I shore. I guess you've got to play the game with the VC and see as much as mm. you can. That's, yep. that's, that's the only avenue you really have. And maybe some loops if you've got um, bench cover yeah. that's, you know, that's worth looking at, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yep. Absolutely. But all the best to him, but mm. let's check in mm. and finish off this episode. It's been a bit of a, a chunky episode, but yeah. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion right there with the man uh, of the moment, Ian Abdul. Uh, but let's move on to the Supercoach Edge group rankings and league. But first off, the group rankings and the highest scorer for round for that uh, round just gone, round 19, is Sam with his team at Baggerland. I wonder if it's Sammy Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he scored 2,556. His round rank is 42nd overall and his overall rank is this is quite uh, quite funny, forty two thousand eight hundred and sixty third. So it goes to show that 
even though you may be having a bit of an ordinary year, you can still have a bit of a blinder from week to yeah. week. So good stuff there from Sammy with his team at Baggerland. But let's move on to the overall highest scorer in the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And who is it, Liam? It is Tyler with his team, Shep Screamers, for the second week in a row. So he has maintained oh. top spot. Uh, his overall score is... Uh, is uh, 44,429. His overall rank is 11th. Uh, and he has put a little bit of distance between himself and John with his team, Markle Sparkle, in second spot with 102 points, the difference between them. And if you do want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, of which you can join anytime, I feel like we shouldn't asterisk. advertise this anymore. No. Uh, the, the code <laughs> is 142059. And a quick run through of the winners in the Supercoach Edge Crown Group League for Tier 3 Patreons and who qualified for finals. And the winners in Round 19 were Damon with his team, DJ Trade a lot, Jacqueline with her team, Mid-Price Madness, uh, Bruce with his team, Shuen, uh, Arthur with his team, Black on White, and Brett with his team, The Sharpshooters. And Damon, in terms of those who qualified, we have... Yes, you notice there I didn't celebrate the win because I know... Our future father-in-law is watching. <laughs> so uh, good contest, Pete. Good contest. <laughs> in terms of those who qualified, we have in first spot on 40 points, Shuin, who kept his minor premiership with a win. So well done to you, mate. In second yep. spot on 36 points, Sharpshooters, who rose up one spot with a win. In third spot on 32 points is myself, DJ Trade-A-Lot, who catapulted up three spots from outside the top five to now sit in that third spot. In fourth spot on 32 points also, separated by uh, overall points, is Black on White, who again catapulted up three spots from outside the top five or four spots, I think it was in his case potentially. Uh, in fifth spot, we have on 32 points, again, very, very tight, Orion, who dropped three spots with a loss, but clawed on to the final spot inside the top five on overall points differential. And to round out the rest, on in sixth spot, we have on 32 points, yourself, Liam, mm. Church of Parish, slid from fourth to sixth with a loss and missed out on finals by the narrowest of margins via overall points. In sadness. seventh spot, absolute sadness, the Church of Sadness. <laughs> seventh spot, we have 32 points. Uh, Jacqueline, who made a late dash for finals, up two spots, but inferior points, unfortunately, separated her. Eighth spot, we have 32 points. Northwind slid out of the top five with a loss. Another unfortunate victim like yourself, Liam, uh, missed out on finals. Ninth spot, 28 points. Lyle Styles slid one spot, one spot with a loss. And 10th, 24 points. Our future father-in-law, Tankman77, who came home strong, winning two of his last three games and knocked off the top spot, minor premier, mind you, of all things, Shuin last week with the highest overall points out of anyone in our league for round 18. And along with a scalp prior to that uh, of yourself, Liam, yes. like fell short. So he he beat off one of his uh, future son-in-laws, son mm. but uh, fell short to the other in myself this week. So um, can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> First week of finals, we have uh, Shuin, who has earned his week off well and truly. with... Yeah, the minor premiership, second V, third sharpshooters, V myself, DJ trade a lot, fourth V, fifth black and white versus Orion, and I'll let you uh, read out the uh, what are we going to call this? It's like the um, what it's is the participation it for... prize? <laughs> I was going to give it a bit more credit than that, but um, 
No, actually, we can call it. Uh, what is it? Because we are actually going to raffle off. Remember, we're going to raffle off. Yeah, uh, maybe we can a bit do of exclusive merch. Yeah, yeah. Whoever so finishes we'll, uh, highest here. Yep. Can maybe we'll, get uh, the get the extra spot or however we want to look at it. The yep. lotter- the lottery, the the double chance yep. uh, for the lottery lottery um, choice between these yep. uh, these people. Yep. And so as as you said, the seventh to tenth, uh, the second set of finals. Uh, I get the week off after finishing highest, and it's, that hurts. Hurts the most because it means I was so close to finishing at the it's top. It's a backhanded compliment. You yeah. earned the week off, Liam, with a loss. Yeah. So that's going to be fun for me. Uh, seventh versus eighth, uh, mid-price it. madness versus North. <laughs> <laughs> and ninth versus tenth with Lyle Stars versus Tank Man 77. I could end up playing Tank Man 77 three times Ooh. this season. Wow. That'd be good. That'll yeah. be that, that's Pete, just by the way, everybody. That's yep. that's Peter. Yep. And it, he's in good form, mind you. Mm, Don't worry about the fact because he form. he would have knocked me off had it yeah. not been some bad luck. So um he is he's gunning for the uh for the participation <laughs> plate, we'll call it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. go with that. Yes, for those uh, of you keen to throw questions our way via socials or follow us to keep up to date with the latest news and information you can do so uh, via youtube if you search supercoach edge don't forget to like and subscribe on twitter search at supercoach underscore edge damon at damonj88 or myself at, at liam evans underscore 95 and on facebook insta and tiktok just search supercoach edge and you will find us there absolutely and tiktok i don't know if you saw liam but uh one of the videos that we whacked up it was the uh the closing moments of uh and we'll be doing this as well just uh, to create a bit of discussion doesn't have to be super coach related entirely, but uh, the closing moments of that game between Richmond and Frio, and uh, <laughs> a few spot fires uh, that came <laughs> off the back of that that video, I got over twenty k views, uh, which is absolutely oh, wow. insane. And shows the power mm. of TikTok. Um, so we're we're jumping on board slowly but surely. But uh, yeah, jump on there and uh, join in the uh, the discussions and arguments and everything <laughs> else because it's quite funny. Uh, so very good. So anyway. Closing off this uh, this mammoth episode, it is finals time. And as we heard from Abdul, the last month of the season will be hotly contested for the overall top spot and it's going to come down to the wire. But also in your head-to-head leagues, cash leagues, everything else, we're going to wish you the best of luck. What was that? And, oh, yeah, participation plates. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you, it doesn't matter. At least it gives us something to, to aim yeah, towards. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice, yeah. yeah. Or the... Uh, the participation engagement ring <laughs> cup, will everyone to call it? <laughs> For you, Liam. Oh, yeah, uh, you've already yeah, won. Yeah. You've already won. You've. Uh, she said yes. Yeah. She did say yeah. yes, didn't she? Yeah. I assume yeah. she said yes. Yeah. I know she did say yes. <laughs> <laughs> she might. She might rescind it if she uh, tunes in to uh, to the start of the episode where we, where you said you've upgraded. Here from a- how is that? How is that a negative? <laughs> I don't understand how this is negative. She's no, it's not negative. Shh, it's not negative. She, they won't understand the lingo. It wasn't. No, no, an upgrade's a good thing. Exactly, exactly right. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So anyway, with that, uh, all the very best uh, to yourself, Liam. Uh, celebrating, of course, we'll catch up, no doubt, along the line um, and get together uh, to celebrate that. So congratulations once again Thank to yourself, you. and best of luck to those of you out there yes. for the week ahead. Yep. Go well in your finals, I guess. <laughs> Go well, and we'll check in with you this time next week to Good do luck, it all guys. again. See ya. See ya.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.